you survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Black Man with a Gun podcast. This is episode number 249. Christmas cookies. Barbara gives us the American Widow Project. Mrs. M loves you and sends her love to all the troops. Please come home for Christmas. Zombie Strike number 111. Dedicated to all those who serve the U.S. military. We miss you. We love you. Welcome home. Bells will be ringing. Glad, glad news. Oh, what a Christmas to have the blues. My baby's gone, and I have no friends to wish me greetings mm, once again. Choirs will be singing. Silent night Christmas carols By candlelight Please come home for Christmas Please come home for Christmas If not for Christmas By New Year's night Friends and relations and salutations Sure as the stars shine above It's Christmas time, my dear The time of year to be with the one you love And now won't you tell me Never more wrong. Christmas and New Year's will find you home. There'll be no more sorrow, no grief and pain. Then I'll be happy, happy once again. CrossbreedHolsters.com presents the Black Man with a Gun podcast from KenBlanchard.com. This weekly show is diverse, open, and free, involving all members of the gun community. It's not just about guns. It's about the people behind the gun, plus your rights, fun, news, and interviews. And now, here's your host, Pastor Ken Blanchard. Hey, welcome to the Black Man with a Gun's Urban Shooter Podcast. Hey, that's a mouthful. I'm Ken Blanchard, and I'm so glad you decided to listen to me again. And please check out the blog at KenNBlanchard.com, or if you can't remember that, BlackManWithAGun.com will put you right at the same place. How about that? Hey, how's the holidays treating you? It's been something else around here. I'm going to tell you that as soon as we get back from uh, our Pledge of Allegiance. It's been... Not so hot, but uh, it's going to get better because it ends well, right? Yeah. If you want to contact me, I can be reached toll-free in the U.S. at 888-675-0202. What's going on in the gun world in your area? Yeah. I've been putting up some links to some news articles and lots of stuff 
is still dealing with the fast and the furious with our attorney general. A lot of stuff still going on with gun buybacks, which folks love to do this time of year, which help nothing. Don't know about that? Check out the news links on blackmailthegun.com. Yeah, that blog is hopping right now. If you want to email me for any reason, for just a contact, to say hi. It's blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. And we're going to get right started, and then I'll come back and tell you how this week has been for your boy. Now, getting back to school, getting back to school, I remember a teacher that I had. Now, I, only, I, went, I went through the seventh grade. I went to the seventh grade. I left home when I was 10 years old because I was hungry. And I used to, this, this is true. I work in the summer, I go to school in the winter. But I had this one teacher, he was the principal of the Harrison School in Vincennes, Indiana. To me, this was the greatest teacher, a real sage of, of my time, anyhow. He had such wisdom. And we were all reciting the Pledge of Allegiance one day. And he walked over, this little old teacher, Mr. Laswell was his name. Mr. Laswell, he says, uh, <clears throat> he says, I've been listening to you boys and girls recite the Pledge of Allegiance all semester. And it seems as though it's becoming monotonous to you. If I may, May I recite it and try to explain to you the meaning of each word? I, me, an individual, a committee of one, pledge, dedicate all of my worldly goods to give without self-pity, allegiance, my love and my devotion to the flag our standard, O oh glory, a symbol of freedom. Wherever she waves, there's respect, because your loyalty has given her a dignity that shouts freedom is everybody's job. United, that means that we have all come together. States, individual communities that have united into 48 great states, 48 individual communities with pride and dignity and purpose. All divided with imaginary boundaries, yet united to a common purpose. And that's love for country. And to the Republic. Republic. A state in which sovereign power is invested in representative chosen by the people to govern. And government is the people. And it's from the people to the leaders, not from the leaders to the people, for which it stands. One nation, one nation, meaning so blessed by God, indivisible, incapable of being divided, with liberty, which is freedom, the right of power to live one's own life, without threats, fear, or some sort of retaliation. And justice, the principle or qualities of dealing fairly with others. For all. For all. Which means, boys and girls, it's as much your country as it is mine. And now, boys and girls, let me hear you recite the Pledge of Allegiance. 
I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Since I was a small boy, two states have been added to our country and two words have been added to the Pledge of Allegiance under God. Wouldn't it be a pity if someone said that is a prayer and that would be eliminated from schools too? All right, that was Red Skelton way back in the day, before my time, actually. You know, with all this Christmas stuff, I actually had some some woes. I had a rough week. Started off with the idea to try to get a fresh Christmas tree this year. You know, a real tall one that we could put up in the great room, with the room we got with the big cathedral. What do you call that? Cathedral ceiling. Yeah, the room that's always cold that you can never get. It looked good in the summertime when we bought the thing, but now it like freezes you in that room. Well. We went out to the tree farm and found a massive tree, man. It was like the tree of all trees. Could have fit in the White House probably. Cut it down, put it on the car, and of course, it scratched the crap out of the top of my little Toyota. Um, Had to trim it before we got it to look right in the house, though. But man, it looking nice. It was all Christmassy smelling, and I was like, wow, this is it, man. It's going to get me right in the mood. I was all excited. Set that big boy up, and my son started sneezing like a madman. Found out there has like mold spores on trees. It's like, man. And then these little strange alien bugs started coming out of it after the tree got kind of thawed out. And they like flew up on the ceiling and just kind of stuck up there. Man, I drug that big tree right back outside, had to fumigate the house, and actually decided not to keep the tree. And went into the shed and got a perfectly good artificial one that I've had for like a decade. Put that thing up until it fell. Yeah, fell right on me while I was tightening the base. And I got scratches on my back that itch like nobody's business. But the tree is up. The wife is happy. I'm just not very merry at the moment. So I thought, hey, maybe the Christmas lights will do it, you know. But it's been raining like every day since I thought about it. But... I went out there that one day that it still was just cloudy. Got the ladder up there. And, uh, you know, a house has different elevation. It's one level on one side and like a skyscraper on the other side. And somehow I don't lost my mojo. I actually thought about what happens if I fell off this thing. I'm going to be hurt. Well, my dog thought it was funny. Because she goes running around the ladder and then puts a paw on the bottom rung while I'm standing up there. I looked at her and I could have swore she smiled and said, yeah, homie, I got you. Yeah, I got right on down there and put her butt inside the house. She ain't taking me out. Well, got the lights up up there and it was looking good. I thought, yeah, this is it. I can tell. And then the lights stopped working. What? Yeah. Went, went up there, checked all the little linkages and stuff. I couldn't figure it out. But they wouldn't come on. I took them all back down. 
put them in the box. Then my wife said, well, let's get some company to put our lights up. So I'm looking all over the place, and I found this one, one company. I guess they're landscapers or something. I said, fine. Um, I put a, the down payment on it, and then the bill came. My wife says, we're not paying that. I said, yeah, but we already paid half. Well, get the money back. Well, of course, they said, well, we already ordered your lights, so you can't get your money back. Yeah, guess what? To the date, I don't have any lights up, and I haven't received the lights yet either from this company. I may be hunting down some Christmas light people next week with a baseball bat. So um, I know I better see some lights in a box on my porch before too long. Basically, I'm not in the mood real right now. And then just last night, I was teaching Bible study. And uh, folks on my Facebook page might have saw it. I, I put it on a black man with a gun one on the fan page for black man with a gun one on Facebook. And there was a drive-by shooting outside the church. No joke. We're talking about the book of Colossians, third chapter. And I hear, I thought, you know what? That sounds like, and all of a sudden, dude emptied out the whole magazine. So I yell, everybody get down. So we're all on the floor. And I hear like a couple of rounds hit the building. Oh man, I got an attitude then. Yeah, I was, I was talking smack on the floor. It'd just be too incredible you go through life, go through all that I've gone through and get shot in church. Oh, I'd be pissed. But we got through it. We got back up, finished the rest of the chapter, talked about some other good stuff, uh, said a prayer and got on out of Dodge. But we actually, I actually stayed in the parking lot and watched the whole thing unfold. The neighborhood got back to, to normal in about 10 minutes, like nothing happened. The ambulances came, fire truck came, police came. They hauled away somebody that wasn't in a hurry to leave, so he must have passed away. Cops left. The news crew came. There was nobody there. Folks just walking down the street. Normal stuff. Nobody in church got hurt. I couldn't find out. I didn't see anything on the outside damage to the church. The good news is the church used to be a, a bank. So it's basically a bunker in the hood. All the windows are reinforced and the walls are thick. Praise the Lord. Yeah, that kind of kills your joy. I've been running home every day looking for my replacement barrel for my Lone Wolf Distributor Glock clone that I got. I got one of those uh, Glock 35s. I really like this gun. It's going to be my main firearm for a while, actually. It knocked my first-generation Glock and my beloved Browning High Power out of rotation. It's a 40 cal, and I ain't a fan, so I'm waiting for my 9mm barrel that I ordered in October of 2011. But I didn't just get a note that it's on the way, so maybe tomorrow. But you know, I did get a box yesterday that made my day. It was from LuckyGunner.com. The UPS man actually came twice, I think. The first time he knocked on the door, but didn't leave the box. And the second time he did. I thought, I ain't order no ammo. So I picked the box up and I nearly threw it up on the roof. You know how when you think something is going to be heavy and it's not? Well, 
whatever it was, I think I broke some of them. And then I opened it up to find a very nice note wishing me a very Merry Christmas and a batch of Christmas cookies shaped like a 1911. You know what? For all that happened to me this season and just this last week in the name of Christmas, this made my Grinch's heart grow three sizes that day. And it came without ribbons and it came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And I puzzled three hours till my puzzler was sore. And then me, the Grinch, thought of something I hadn't thought before. And maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas perhaps means a little bit more. Merry Christmas, y'all. Is the cost of ammo bringing you down? Are you ready to have fun with your firearm again? If you need ammo, your friend and brother from a different mother has the answer. LuckyGunner.com Good prices. LuckyGunner.com If your time is valuable, LuckyGunner.com Order your ammo today. LuckyGunner.com Where you won't waste your time and the shipping is fast. It's 110% guaranteed. LuckyGunner.com had to show some love to those from LuckyGunner.com. Hey, and, and single folks, if you're looking for a spouse, you might want to check out Tennessee. Prettiest people I've ever seen. For real. Healthy. Good, honest folks. Yes, indeed. Babs in the Woods. From Woman'sOutdoorNews.com's Barbara Baird. Hey, Black Man with a Gun, this is Barbara Baird, Women's Outdoor News. Today I'm on the phone with Taryn Davis, the founder of the American Widow Project. Let's just go ahead and launch right into this conversation, if I can even talk today, conversation. Hey, Taryn, thank you and welcome welcome aboard to Black Man with a Gun. Thanks for having me. You bet. Hey, why don't you tell us a little bit about the American Widow Project, please, where it is today and how it all started. Well, I started the American Widow Project. Uh, at the age of 21, after my husband was killed in Baghdad, Iraq. And at such a young age, I felt ostracized, um, I think, due to the fact that I thought I was the only 20-something-year-old widow in the United States. Mm -hmm. And one evening, um, when trying to find a reason to live and to survive the loss of my best friend, I went on to Google one evening and typed in widow, and it came back with, did you mean window? And that really was the catalyst to me trying to find others like me, trying to do the research to see if there were others like me. And it was in that research that I found that 83% of those serving are under the age of 35. And the average age of a soldier being killed or a service member being killed in these conflicts is 26. Hmm. And that 50% of those serving are married. So it was in those statistics that I found out that there must be thousands out there like me. And I knew that if there was one thing that my husband was good at, it was living life to the fullest. And I knew that I at least had to try to do the same for him until maybe find a reason to do it on my own. And I knew at that point that I wanted to create something, create an organization, create a place where these women could find the same camaraderie that our husbands had with their fellow service members and not have a counselor 
sing Kumbaya with us as a means of dealing with our grief, but allow these women to meet their peers and live life to the fullest and continue their husband's legacy by feeling the wind against their face, by taking them skydiving, by uh, allowing them to rebuild homes in New Orleans and see the healing that takes place in helping others, by meditating on a beach, things of that sort. And um, as of today, we've been running the organization for over four years. We have over a 1,000 widows that we've connected with through the organization. We've done over 16 national events free of charge to these ladies throughout the country. And unfortunately, unfortunately, we're, um, we're growing. And uh, that's where we are now. Right. Well, uh, you're getting a lot of recognition. And recently... Uh CNN Hero of the Year. Not only were you named one of the CNN Heroes of the Year, but you made the top ten. You want to tell us a little bit about that and what it was like to go to Los Angeles? And yeah, it was amazing. I was nominated by an amazing woman named Andrea Ivory, who was actually a recipient of the Heroes Award a couple of years back. Oh, okay. Uh, she met me when we received the L'Oreal National Women of Worth Award. And after hearing about the organizations, I, you know, I want to nominate you for this. And I didn't really think too much of it. And then I got a call that they wanted to do a piece. And they did that piece, that segment that aired over Memorial Day weekend. And then about three months later, I got the call that I had been selected as one of the top ten. And wow. um, I returned about two weeks ago. And, I mean, it was amazing. I think one of the most amazing things was just meeting these other individuals who were just so passionate about their causes as well and yes. really live and breathe it. And, you know, I think being in the nonprofit industry, it can sometimes be uh, a lonely place, you know, mm-hmm. you're kind of doing the work of a million men and, you know, hearing their stories and what they're doing as well. It's inspiring and re-energizing and the platform that CNN gave us, uh, I really being aired worldwide has allowed more widows to be in contact with us, uh, has allowed donations to come in to help cover the cost of our events and our hotline Mm -hmm. and the packs that we send out to these widows. And, you know, it's just been an amazing year for the organization as a whole. Well, yeah, it certainly has. And I know two weekends ago you say you were in, in Los Angeles, and then last weekend you were in Austin on a very special weekend. you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yep, we always end the year here in Austin. It's where I'm based. It's where I started the American Widow Project. And, you know, the holidays are a really hard time for widows. I mean, for me, Mm -hmm. I could have put a Christmas tree up for three years after Michael's death. And when I did, it was a little Walgreens, uh, Charlie Brown Christmas twig, basically. And, you know, we, we want to have that holiday spirit, but it's hard to have that when the person you want to spend it with the most isn't there. So we love doing it around that time by allowing them to kind of feel that cheer and to feel a sense of um, pride and happiness at a time when most wouldn't. So we had them um, fly into Austin. We went over to Bastrop where over, I think, 1,500 homes were destroyed in the Bastrop fires and actually worked all day with a Vietnam uh, POW Mm -hmm. at his home and clearing his lot, sawing, down trees, um, you know, just helping him. And in helping him, I saw the widows helping themselves. I saw the smiles happen. I saw mm-hmm. them feeling like they were more than the sum of their tragedy. And then we followed that by a day of very Austin-type things, uh, 
trailer hopping for trailer food, riding bikes through the park. Um, and then we ended it uh, the weekend back at the house where we did a Christmas dinner and we all really went around and, you know, shared the things that I think uh, are probably only understood by fellow widows and right. very intimate moments, right. whether that be sitting around and sharing photos, um, the last video of their husband Right. Or just sharing what the weekend meant to them or what a certain comment from another widow meant to them. And uh, it was pretty amazing. So we do about nine to ten of these a year. And it was a great, I think, one of the greatest ways to end 2011. I think so because they just have to go away from this, Taryn, just not feeling so alone. Mm-hmm. I think it's such a simple statement. You know, we just want them to feel that they're not alone. But right. I, when you're in those shoes when you're a 23 year old widow raising a daughter by yourself and right. you have family and friends around who just don't know what's going on I mean it's one of the loneliest feelings in the world I mean my parents and friends were around constantly uh, but I had never felt so isolated in my life and it wasn't until I met another widow and she didn't have to say very much that um, you know I felt the healing start taking place right Right. Well, uh, what, what's, what are you looking for in 2012? What's your first event, and what are some of the things that you already have lined up so that even you can even touch the lives of more widows? Well, we're heading out in two more weeks uh, over to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. We had an amazing Vietnam veteran who has a cabin up there, and he said, you know, I want y'all, to let y'all ladies to come to my cabin, and the only mm-hmm. thing I ask, if I let you have this cabin to do all your AWP stuff is that every one of those widows that's participating brings a picture of her husband so mm-hmm. I can hang it on my wall. So whoever comes to that cabin knows the sacrifices that are being made because as a right. Vietnam veteran, I saw it and I saw the recognition not being um, oh. really made. So we're heading there first. And then in yeah. March, we're heading over to the Purple Heart Ranch right outside of San Antonio. And mm-hmm. We're taking these ladies hog hunting. <laughs> oh, boy. You're going to have your sure own? We, we won't probably hit any hogs, but um, it's going to be fun. We'll do horseback riding, lots of campfire cooking, um, wow. a little bit of spoiling these ladies, and I'm really excited about that. I, I, I was telling someone I'm making room on my wall for the hog head that, and the hog mm-hmm. I'll kill, but... I'm pretty well, sure. Um, I'm sure you're going to be contributing the biggest hog to the biggest roast, right? I don't know. But, you know, it's about empowering these ladies. It's about yes. them holding that gun and maybe missing everything in sight, but just smiling and laughing yes. and letting yes. their life, at least for that weekend, not be absorbed by the grief and the pain of the reality, but absorbed by the present moment of knowing that their grief and their pain is understood, but through that understanding, it's also understood that it can lead to a life that's even more fulfilling than I could have ever imagined after the loss of their best right. friend. And that's what we try to do. Well, that does sound like it's amazing. And we'll be looking forward to hearing all about that. And in the meantime, what, what can people do to help, help you guys out? I mean, there's still time this year to donate. You're a nonprofit. Most definitely. Yeah, they can visit our website, AmericanWidowProject.org. And actually, through December 31st, CNNHeroes.com is doing all the donations through Google, and 100% of every donation is given back to us. So either one of those sites that can make 
um, a donation. You know, there's a lot of donation sites that take out a percentage, and it's awesome to know that every single cent um, is being, you know, brought back right into the organization. And you know, where I'm a hundred percent volunteer basis right now, and so mm -hmm. every dollar literally goes back into everything. So oh boy. With all those tax write-offs and things of that sort, indefinitely you could donate, and that goes towards our events, our hotline, our website, mm -hmm. the care packages we send our widows. Um, they can help out by, uh, you know, volunteering, whether that be hosting their own third-party event, their own run, a wine right. tape, right. things of that sort to help raise funds. Okay. Or they can just go online, and uh, you'll see a the email of Tabitha who handles all the volunteer coordination and you know if we're doing an event in your area you know shoot us an email we'd love to have your help we're always okay. in search of items for silent auctions we're holding sure. our first gala in Texas next year um, if you have 10 to 15 little tiny items for us to toss into the welcome bags for each event those are always great and you know even if any of the things that I've just mentioned, just go on the side and read the stories of the widows. See the other side of the sacrifice that's being made for our country and um, honor them. Yeah, you know, I've written before and I just feel in my heart that you're our widows because we asked you and your husbands to make this sacrifice and, and we thank you. And but, but you are ours. So I really think that thank you so much for all you've done and all you continue to do and Please come back to Black Man with a Gun and let us know what you're doing. Let us know what you need because we want to be there for you as well. Mm -hmm. Well, I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And um, Anyway, please tell us the website one more time and, uh, and we'll just say Merry Christmas and head on out. <laughs> the website's AmericanWidowProject.org and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter as well. Okay, and thank you, Taryn Davis. This is Barbara Baird from Women's Outdoor News. For news, reviews, and stories about women in the outdoors, check us out online, womensoutdoornews.com. Merry Christmas, and thank you, Ken. You're most welcome. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you, Taryn. You know, this show is dedicated to all those who serve our military, and I want to share a poem with you that I had the pleasure of uh, reading on BigDogMusicMafia.com The embers glowed softly and in their dim light I gazed around the room and I cherished the sight. My wife was asleep her head on my chest my daughter beside me angelic in rest. Outside the snow fell a blanket of white transforming the yard to a winter delight. The sparkling lights in the tree, I believe, completed the magic that was Christmas Eve. My eyelids were heavy, my breathing was deep, secured and surrounded by love I would sleep. In perfect contentment, or so it would seem. So I slumbered, perhaps I started to dream. The sound wasn't loud, and it wasn't too near, but I opened my eyes when it tickled my ear. Perhaps just a cough. I didn't quite know. Then the sure sound of footsteps outside in the snow. My soul gave a tremble. I struggled to hear. I crept to the door just to see who was near. Standing out in the cold and the dark of the night, a lone figure stood, his face weary 
and tight. A soldier, I puzzled, some twenty years old. Perhaps a marine, huddled here in the cold. Alone in the dark, he looked up and smiled. Standing watch over me and my wife and my child. What are you doing? I asked without fear. Come in this moment, it's freezing out there. Put down your pack, brush the snow from your sleeve. You should be at home on a cold Christmas Eve. For barely a moment, I saw his eyes shift, away from the cold and the snow blown in drifts, to the window that danced with the warm fire's light. Then he sighed and he said, It's really all right. I'm out here by choice. I'm here every night. It's my duty to stand at the front of the line that separates you from the darkest of times. No one had to ask or beg or implore me. I'm proud to stand here like my fathers before me. My gramps died at Pearl on a day in December. Then he sighed. That's a Christmas. Graham always remembers. My dad stood his watch in the jungles of Nam. And now it's my turn. And so here I am. I've not seen my own son in more than a while. But my wife sends me pictures. He sure got her smile. Then he bent and he carefully pulled from his bag the red, white, and blue, an American flag. I can live through the cold and the being alone, away from my family, my house, and my home. I can stand at my post through the rain and the sleet. I can sleep in a foxhole with little to eat. I can carry the weight of killing another or lay down my life with my sister and brother who stand at the front against any and all to ensure for all time that this flag will not fall. So go back inside, he said. Harbor no fright. Your family is waiting, and I'll be all right. But isn't there something I can do, at the least? Give you money, I asked, or prepare you a feast. It seems all too little for all that you've done, for being away from your wife and your son. Then his eye welled a tear that held no regret. Just tell us you love us and never forget. To fight for our rights back at home while we're gone. To stand your own watch, no matter how long. For when we come home, either standing or dead, to know you remember we fought and we bled. Is payment enough? And with that, we will trust that we matter to you as you mattered to us. Lieutenant Commander Jeff Giles, South Carolina. U.S. Navy, 20th Naval Construction Regiment. Being an armed citizen means having a gun with you all the time. Carrying a firearm every day requires a holster that is both concealable and comfortable. Whether you choose our Super Tuck Deluxe or Mini Tuck, you'll have the confidence that comes from being discreetly and comfortably armed, prepared to face unforeseen dangers. Crossbreed holsters are handmade in the USA, come with a lifetime warranty, and a two-week try-it-free guarantee. Order your holster today at CrossbreedHolsters.com.
and welcome back to the Black Man with a Gun podcast. Hello, darling. Merry Christmas to you. Oh, darling, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. This is such a happy time of year. Oh. Y- yes, it oh. is. Yes, darling. You all ready to go? Oh, I'm pretty close, pretty close. Uh, I was so excited thinking of today's message. Mm. And what do you got? Well, darling, I have two movies I like to recommend, and then I have a quote, and then I have a message to give everybody, including the troops, okay. and then I have a song. Oh, good deal. Yes, darling. Yes, darling. So, the two movies I recommend, you know, last week we talked about the Battle of the Bulge. Mm-hmm. History. And, yes, darling. And, uh, you know, a very good movie on the Battle of the Bulge was called The Battleground. All right. And it stars Van Johnson and uh, John Horiak and uh, Ricardo Montalban. And a very good story. Uh, as Psyche say, he was very close to what he experienced. He thought he was very good version of the battle. It's about these guys and they go through the battle. And it's very moving scene at Christmas. Because you know, darling, the battle of the Bulge took place over Christmas. Mm-hmm. And a uh, very moving scene with the chaplain in the story. And he have a service on the hood of his, uh, of his feet. And he tell everybody, why are we fighting? Mm. And he give the answer. But I'm not going to say the answer because it is worth watching the movie. Okay. So the name of the movie is Battleground. Good movie. Please watch. Mm-hmm. And then the other movie, darling, I think is such a cute Christmas movie, is A Christmas in Connecticut. Oh, I don't think I've ever heard of that one. Oh, darling, it is just a, how you say, a fluff, a Christmas fluff. And uh, it's just a beautiful story and a barbarous day in the week. And it takes place during the WW2 about uh, she gives this soldier a, a nice Christmas in the country, but it's a comedy and it is so funny and it's beautiful images. And oh, feel, it's good, you call it, feels good. Okay. Feels good movie. I like yes, that. Darling. Yes, darling. Yes, darling. Okay, so two movies. We got uh, Battle, movies, ba- Battleground and uh, Christmas in Connecticut. Christmas in Connecticut, yes, darling. Okay. And then I was thinking of a quote for a Christmas time. All right. And, you know, darling, there are many stories and many things we can say. But I thought uh, the best quote is from a Charles Dickens. Hmm. From a Christmas carol. And he say in a Christmas carol, he say, I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. Yeah. That's important. That beautiful, darling. Yes. Mm-hmm. Was that the Scrooge after after things got better for him after he f- realized? Yes. Well, darling, this is what he promised the, the ghost of the future. Yeah. Yeah. After I got over the the whole scary part and crazy George C. Scott, I kind of like. Yes, it. darling. <laughs> I thought he was a scary guy, man. When I was a kid, I was oh, like, darling, oh man. I, I always get a little scared with the ghost of the future. But uh, I tell you a very cute version of this story is uh, the Mickey Mouse version. Oh, okay. Mickey Mouse uh, version has very cute Christmas carol. Other funny version, darling, is a rich little. I don't think I've seen that one either. Oh, darling, he do all the characters. <laughs> it is so funny. Oh, it is the funniest thing. And uh, he just he does all his you know all the characters and of course of course he has uh, the Hollywood personalities play the different uh, mm-hmm. different parts and Scrooge is a W C Fields. Oh wow! Yeah, I have to yes, find that one. It is so one. funny. It is so funny. But the best Christmas Carol movie I think was uh, the old one starring Alistair Sims. Yes. Yeah. Yes, darling. Yeah, that yes. guy. He was creepy too. 
Oh, he was but then he become he reform and uh, like the quote he carries a Christmas in his heart. I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all year all. I, I, one more time, I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. Yeah. And that is so beautiful, darling. And that is my message to the troops today, darling. Okay, good stuff, Miss okay. So I like to give a message, Mrs. M's, a special message to the troops. All right. Okay, I, I'm if you, I, I ready, darling? I'm ready. Okay. To all the peoples in the armed forces and the black men with a gun, a listening area, this is Mrs. Maria Mavocopoulos. Hello, darlings. Darlings, I know it is Christmas time, and for many people it is a lonely time. But darling, the most important thing is to keep the Christmas in your heart, darling. And if you have good memories of a Christmas, darling, no feel bad because they are not with you. Be grateful that you have them. Christmas is about the love and about the miracles, darling. And it is about a love in your heart and reaching out to others, darling. So think about the people you love and think about the people you can reach out to, darling, and count your blessings. And, darling, know that you are not forgotten. Mrs. M and everybody, many, many, many people love you, love you very much. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts because, darling, if it wasn't for all the men and women in the armed forces, I would not be sitting in my nice home today talking to you. So, from Mrs. M, hugs and kisses, and God bless us, everyone. God bless us, everyone. Yes, darling. Thanks, Miss M. Oh, darling. Darling, so now I have a song. Okay. Yes, darling, and this will conclude my Christmas message. All right. Okay, darling. I'll be home for Christmas. You can count on me. Please have a snow and a mistletoe and presents on the tree. Christmas Eve will find me where the love has been. I'll be home for Christmas if only in my Merry Christmas, darling. Merry Christmas, Miss M. Thank you for your darling. I love you, darling. I love everybody. All right, Miss M. Thank you so much. Okay, bye bye, no, darling. Bye bye. Zombie Strike. This used to be an extreme sport watched by millions around the world. 
We hunted zombies on a man-made island in the South Pacific. Well, that was then. This is now. Part 11, Chapter 111, Fort Deadhead, Festus, Missouri, 31 December, 2011, 0600 hours local, countdown, 18 hours. Mateo Cortez had barely fallen asleep when he was shaken awake by a thunderclap. Then, another jarred him completely awake. What in God's name was going on? Was the truth calling down lightning on the base? Out of reflex, Mateo started pulling on his gear. Then, his tired mind finally realized that the army was unleashing a furious artillery barrage. Now, Mateo understood why General Allen looked so amused when Mateo said he was going to try to get some sleep. Yep, thought so, Chief Stahl said as he entered Mateo's room. He shoved a cup of steaming coffee into Mateo's hands. Figured that Artie would have woken you up. Drink up. I've got the team in the prep area. We aren't scheduled to go until noon, Mateo observed. Better to have everything in case we need it to move up the insert. The chief said, with what the general's committing to the attack, our window might just come early. Sooner on the ground, as soon as we can start killing truth bad guys. Mateo nodded and tossed back the scalding liquid. He could feel the burn course down him. All right, let's do this, Mateo said. He finished buckling on his armor and followed the chief outside. His team was waiting near the Mackenzie and Winston tilt rotor that would take them into St. Louis. As he looked over his team, Mateo was suddenly struck with the realization that there was a good chance that none of them would be coming out of the city alive. He'd known that on an intellectual basis. For some reason, the emotional gut punch of it finally hit him. Hey boss, you look terrible, Steve said, noticing Mateo. The team medic's face was lit with his almost trademark smile. He was busily stuffing medical supplies and ammo into various pouches on his armor. Didn't sleep much, and then the armory started trying to imitate an earthquake, Mateo said. Steve chuckled at the half-hearted joke. Hey, you want me to give you some... The medic's words were cut off by a howling scream. The Steve's eyes went wide. He grabbed Mateo and shoved his team leader to the ground. Before Mateo could ask what was going on, he felt the ground buck while heat and ear-splitting noise washed over him. Mortar, someone screamed. We're under mortar fire. Soldiers were dashing across the fort's open areas. Some were desperately trying to find cover. Others were busily hunting for their assailants. A dozen of the soldiers disappeared in a geyser of flame, dirt, and concrete. Let me up, Mateo ordered. We need to find out who's dropping these bombs on us. Steve pushed Mateo back down. No, that's the soldier's job. We have to stay good until it's time, Steve said. Anger flashed through Mateo, but he could see that Steve was right. Get in the chopper, yelled a familiar voice. The base is under attack. We need to get airborne now. Mateo shrugged off his medic and looked up. Special Agent Tredegar, in ill-fitting Army field gear, was sprinting toward the team. 
Evan Torelli was running behind the FBI agent. Where's the army people we're supposed to have? Matteo asked. The general agreed to provide Zombie Strike with some people who could direct air support, artillery, and resupply. Busy trying to protect the base? I'm taking over for them, Tredegar said impatiently. Now get on the bird before they drop a mortar shell on it. Most of Zombie Strike was already strapping in as Matteo, the Steve, Tredegar, and Evan bound up the cargo ramp. Matteo was barely seated when the aircraft leaped into the sky. The team was thrown against their restraints as the tilt rotor twisted and jinked. The craft vibrated as the engines roared, the pilot clawing for every bit of airspeed he could generate. Dear God, Quentin said, barely audible in the cargo hold. Mateo looked where the big man was staring and swore. Thirty of the ten-foot-tall red golem monsters were charging into Fort Deadhead. Slain soldiers were scattered everywhere. Outside the walls, Mateo could see the truth soldiers lobbing mortars and exchanging fire with the base guards. More hideous monsters easily climbed the walls and tore soldiers apart. Cold calculation told Mateo that Fort Deadhead would be overrun in less than two hours. At least we're airborne, Stahl said, as he observed the onslaught. Mateo gave the chief a withering look, but it had no effect on the veteran soldier. We can still accomplish our mission, the chief said. That's all that really matters. St. Louis, Missouri, 31 December 2011. 0620 hours, local, countdown, 17 hours, 40 minutes. Castle, watched as Mikhail, the leader of the truth's champions, walked across the deserted department store's floor. Castle read Mikhail's body language and decided his second-in-command must have good news. Castle forced himself to be patient and leaned back in the leather recliner. Now he understood why the Americans loved these chairs. The attack on the American base went off without a hitch, McHale said. The Americans never suspected a thing until things started exploding. And zombie strike? Castle asked. Their helicopter got airborne as expected, McHale reported. We don't know who was aboard or who may have killed in the attack. We'll know soon enough, Castle said, trying to sound calm and collected. Are your people in place? Yes, my lord, McHale answered. As soon as their helicopter is in range, my champions will take it down. Then we'll see zombie strike and have everything we'll need for the ritual. Poor fools will never see what's coming. Bad Moon Rising Read about it at Derek-Ward.com HagerWatches.com In a northwestern city of Maryland, known as Hagerstown, a new watch company begins. The watch is called Hogger. It is designed by a U.S. veteran, a watch aficionado, a patriot that wanted to leave his mark in history, offering a quality watch for the active person that didn't break the bank. Automatic movement, water-resistant to three atmospheres. The Commando. Features a unique fighting knife logo on the back and the urban commando look. It's not too big and looks at home both in the office or in the field. Hoggerwatches.com. Get yours today. Hey, you know, for a follower or disciple of Jesus Christ, the Christmas holiday celebrates the birth of the promised Messiah whenever it actually occurred. 
You have to look harder every year for the reason for the season's greetings. It's hard to see through all the parties, the retail sales, and the unnecessary stuff, the beloved chaos and the hustle and the bustle. The celebration of the Christ man is about the gift. It's not about the look of the gift, the number of wise men that found him, the time of year it happened, or the young woman blessed to bring him into the world. It is about love. It is about hope. It is about fulfilled promises. It is about life. You know, I play around a lot on my podcast. And I hope that you see that no matter where you are or who you are, we can smile together. We can laugh together. This black man with a gun is no different than anybody else. And this phrase itself is a proof that gun control is racist and has conditioned people to fear and perpetuate a stereotype. This is the time of year of several different holy days. Take the time to celebrate the real meaning of the season despite the hoopla around us. Special thanks to Rabbi David for allowing me to give a greeting on the Jews for the Preservation of Firearms Ownerships page as he has for this one. I wish you happiness, peace, shalom, and the joy that can only come from being in the company of your friends and family who are also the evidence of your existence. Thank you for being one of mine. If you want somebody to talk to, you can call me and leave a message at 888-675-0202 and I'll return your call. If you want to email me to start it off, just letting you know that you're not alone. You have a friend right here. Blackmanwithagun at gmail.com All right, that's a wrap. May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sunshine warm upon your face. The rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Thanks for all the cards. Thanks for all the emails. Hope to see you in the SHOT Show. And uh, if there's something that you want me to look for at SHOT for you, let me know. Oh, there's also a, a new book I'll be working on. The Zen of Gun Ownership next week. Mm-hmm. And if you'd like a, what do you call it, premiere copy or preview copy or be first in line for that, send me an email. Until then, thank you for being my friend. Shalom, baby. Hello, this is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Season greetings and best wishes for a joyous holiday. Hi, I'm Little Richard, wishing you plenty of tutti fruity cake for Christmas.
It's a Christmas Hanukkah Kwanzaa miracle!